0: what's going on everybody welcome to another episode here live with john so excited to be with you and so excited to kick off this five-episode learning series with some team members and some great people that I've had the opportunity to learn more about from Rectangle Health. And what we're going to do on today's episode is we're going to start this, and we're going to kind of head right into a lot of the solutions and some of the things that uh, both Brian and Micah, who I'm going to introduce here in a second, are seeing with a lot of dental practices out there. Um, as you may have seen, the title of this first episode is alleviating the pain of Payment pa- pa- patient payment capture. And that's what they're gonna touch on today when we think about this new technical world and all of that. So Brian Doyle is the vice president of enterprise sales at Rectangle Health. And Micah Sean is the vice president of direct to provider sales at Rectangle Health. Gentlemen, how you doing?
1: Great, John, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely
0: thrilled to be here with you today, John. Well, so excited to have the both of you. And again, I know that we're going to talk some specifics about a lot of the technologies that you all and your teams are helping dental practices with. But we thought before we would do that, we would hop in, Brian, to maybe having you talk about some of these challenges, some of these pains that practices are feeling when it comes to patient payments. And I think more importantly, you know what they're dealing with in an effort to help you know patients pay for their services and all that good stuff. So love to start with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely, John. Thanks for having us. And uh, it's a great question. And unfortunately, I've been in this industry for 13 years. It's the same question that we've been trying to fix or answer or help with uh, over the better part of a decade. Uh, And the easiest way I could put this is every single dental practice I've experienced uh, in my 13 years has a pain point when it comes to collecting patient payments. Nobody does it exactly perfectly. Otherwise, we wouldn't be on this call to discuss it. So there's always a little bit of issues or uh, pain points when it comes to this. And a lot of it stems from insurance. Um, when we think about this question, you have to look in the past. For the last 30 years or so, uh, the dental payment process would be you come in, you get your treatment, and you leave and someone bills you. Well, when you think about our day-to-day life as a consumer, um, you can't go to the grocery store and say, hey, please, please uh, I'm gonna take these groceries, please send me a bill in the mail. It, it just doesn't work anymore. It's yeah. not how we can do business. So what we're seeing is that becoming a larger issue because co-pays are getting bigger, patient out of the pocket is getting bigger. Uh, so by billing insurance, that's good and fine, but we're still left with a substantial amount left over. It's no longer the days of five, $10 copays that we had two options at the time, write it off or send it to collections. Now we're talking about a large portion of our potential revenue as a, as a dental office. So what we're seeing on the clinic level and kind of a larger level is uh, in today's environment, we all know that there's a war on talent out there. You're probably hearing that a lot. There's a lot of turnover in provider practices. So, the staff, no, nobody likes asking for money. Hey, you owe me money. Uh, please pay me, right? So that doesn't become part of their day-to-day responsibility because they're, they're responsible for the patients, which is what their job is. It's about, it's about patient satisfaction, patient health, most, most importantly. Getting paid is not first and foremost when training a new staff member um, in 99% of cases. Um, we see outdated technology, quite honestly. Um, The best example I love is Netflix, Amazon. I mean, think about when you book a hotel. We do it all from our PCs or our cell phones. Um, The airport is a good example. We used to go wait in line, get a printed uh, ticket, or we print it from our home office, and then we go and uh, go through security. Today, we have it on our phone, we scan it, we walk through. So by having inefficient outdated technology that we in dental is just inevitable. Unfortunately, Um, that compounds the issue. Patients don't want to pay with a check or cash. Certainly Um, they want a very contactless way to make a payment. So all of these issues kind of funnel down to the clinic level and put the staff out and the patient out because the patients in most cases want to pay but they also want it to be convenient and they want it to be easy and streamlined and they want to tap to pay or pay with their watch. For example, um, the staff is battling insurance, uh, not covering what they think, trying to collect afterwards, making phone calls, uh, sending paper statements in the mail. Uh, I had a provider tell me the other day that we sent out statements and they come back, uh, return address. Because when you think about what we've done, and especially as the millennials and Gen Z come in to be the payers. They're constantly moving. Uh, they don't have, you know, if you move to New York City after graduation, you're moving every two, three years, right? Um, right? But what doesn't change? Well, my email address and my cell phone personally have been the same for 25 years. So if you text me or email me that balance due or a payment link, I'm much more likely to pay. So uh, the the to sum that up, we see lack of technology, Um, staff turnover, uh, the insurance issue, and then just the outdated technologies being the main pain points we're seeing on a day-in, day-out basis.
0: Yeah, it is this storm of all of those issues that you're talking about, right, that a dental practice who, like you mentioned, simply wants to take care of the patients, get them healthy, But on the other side, you know, does you know the running a business, um, and certainly you know want to want to get paid. You know, it's interesting. One of the things you're going to see everybody through this episode uh, learning series with Rectangle Health is we're going to go back and forth. You're going to hear patient slash consumer, right? And I've been talking about this a lot. And that is, is that when I think about dentistry for all these years, and it's you know we're all still patients in our dental practice, our medical practice. But what's changed, and I'm, I'm glad Brian that you brought that up, is our behavior is still of that of a consumer. And I know that's one of the things you guys are going to touch on, and we're going to kind of weave this through with some of your talking points is that the the patients are coming in and wanting a lot of these newer technologies. And like you mentioned, Brian, they want these issues to be solved like they do business other places, you know? So I think that's kind of a common theme that we're going to touch on. So Micah, one of the things I, I wanted to get your thoughts on is – What's causing a lot of these pain points? I think Brian did a great job of kind of, you know, looking at things at the high level and like what he's seeing with a lot of the work that he does. When you actually get, you know, get down to the, to the, to the practice level, what's causing a lot of these pain points? You know, I think,
2: as you said, Brian really hit a lot of the, the you know, high level macro pieces that cause it. But if you think about in terms of you know, specifics, there's a, a marriage of old technology and new technology in almost every practice. Whether you're talking about, you know, the EMR they're using uh, along with paper patient forms and the uh, the disconnect in getting that data into the form and also the ease of entry or the friction caused for the patient when they go to fill out that form. I mean, uh, you know, especially now, nobody likes picking up the clipboard. I see offices cleaning pens and cleaning, you know, disinfecting clipboards. And and we've got this, you know, uh, uh, ability to solve technology problems or, or registration problems with technology and you know, they get pieced together. So you might have one way of, of handling forms and then you have your credit card terminal, you have your EMR, you're doing a whole other set of, of solutions for compliance and, and everything else that's involved in the practice. And you have this mishmash that just doesn't work well together. Um, right. I think that's a big player in in why we have so much pain around some of, of these pieces. Um, you know, and then you add the fact that all of those pieces, each one of them has its own both, you know, actual cost and opportunity costs in terms of what are you giving up because that's the way you're doing it? Um, what aren't you getting? You know, what can't you streamline or improve on because that's the way you're doing it? So these, you know, the the trying to make new technology and, and old technology work together, it's, you know, it creates a lot of additional pain.
0: You know, it's interesting because when I think of the last three to five years, as there's been this explosion in technology solutions for dental practices, what's been encouraging to see, and I know this is a lot of the work that you guys are doing at Rectangle Health, is this gap between the technologies that the practices are using and the companies being able to communicate with them. And I think not only that, but as both the both of you know, on a daily basis, you're hearing stories from these dental practices, real live issues of what they're dealing with. And I think that's the speed of how you're able to help them and alleviate these pains is what's really encouraging. And it's also, I think what it's what it has shown us is this incongruence like you talked about of technologies. I used to think to myself, how great would it be if a practice could just pause for like 60 days, like not see patients <laughs> Update all their technology, get to where they need to be. And although we didn't want it to happen, it kind of felt like that happened a little bit in COVID, um, where Absolutely. they obviously were able to slow down a little. But we know that's not the ideal situation. And so you bring up such a good point, which is practices can't slow down, right? They can't just stop. They have to figure out ways to to merge those incongruencies on the technology side. So I, I think that's such an interesting point along those lines. Okay, so. Where I want to go next is having you guys, maybe Brian will start with you, talk a little bit about how is now technology alleviating a lot of these pains to move practices along and I think make it convenient for for patients.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And on the uh, enterprise side of the world, we see really two things in the market today is multiple vendors uh, that that's the biggest one we see because right now everyone's in acquisition mode. We're acquiring, we're growing, we're expanding. Um, I haven't seen dental expansion like this in, in years, um, if ever, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. So when there is an acquisition, there's really one option, keep the legacy systems in place or convert to one central platform. The converting to one central platform is a big lift, uh, especially if you're acquiring five, 10, 20 locations, Um, in a month or a quarter or what have you. So what inevitably happens is these DSOs or the growing organizations or just a a doctor purchasing five different um, practices in his region, his or her region, is there's multiple systems. So when we think about how that's an issue is let's talk about the patient side first. There's the patient has multiple experiences. So if I'm going to Dr. Smith's office, but it looks different each time, that might cause me concern on, yeah, I don't think I want to pay, or this isn't my doctor, or this isn't my practice. Mm-hmm. On, the, on the other side of it, the administrative side of, the, of it, the revenue cycle teams, the billing teams, the financial teams, they're accessing two, three, four different platforms to run a report, to, to refund a patient, um, to access a card on file. That inevitably increases the workload on an already thin workforce that the provider is dealing with on a global level.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, I go back to a time when I was spending... Uh, time actually at a DSO and had the opportunity to speak with a lot of these, I guess you could call like small to mid-sized DSOs that were going from 12 to 15 to to 20 practices. And I heard a common theme along those lines, Brian, and it was, you know, they they would get introduced to some of these newer technologies and they would say, oh my gosh, if only, right, I would have done this or Worked on having like one solution at the beginning as as I grew because you're right it is a real challenge you know and it's oh, yeah. I think what's frustrating about it at times is that they know what it would be like and the the value that it would it would be to kind of integrate everything but as you grow and expand it gets that much more challenging you know so I mean Micah Micah talk to that how you know maybe another you know, idea on how, you know, this technology is alleviating, alleviating those pains, but more importantly, like how you do it when you're starting to scale and how you can get ahead of that wave.
2: Yeah, you know, John, I think about a couple of things you said and that Brian have said already. And, you know, you talked about the consumer aspect of a patient. I mean, we need to move practices to the point where, where they're addressing problems the way people consume those in other parts of their, their life, right? So Brian mentioned Netflix or Amazon earlier, And and people are so used to that card-on-file payment, just being able to click and pay, it's convenient. There's zero friction. It's why my wife and I both spend a fortune on Amazon every month because it's so easy to do and you're not really paying as much attention to the the process, Um, meaning it just moves faster and quicker and easier. So just enabling that in a dental, just being able to vault a card and securely have that card-on-file, um, it, being able to capture that payment, uh, you know, it's just such a huge difference for the practice and in making the, the transaction with the, their patient or the consumer frictionless. Um, you know, so it, anytime you can digitize a payment, uh, anytime that you can simplify it, the process, I think about you know, my own experiences walking into dental practice and having a QR code in the operatory so that I can scan the QR code and pay right there. I can set my next appointment right there um, with them in the room instead of having to check out at the front desk. It may, I, and then, it, you know, it, it, from my perspective as a patient, my experience becomes much better because I already waited um, to get called into the practice in today's world. I waited in the waiting room. I wait again in the operatory, and then I wait in line to make payment. I it, We can eliminate an entire segment of that with technology. Um, like the, I mean, it's simple as a QR code and you know, that allows payment in the operatory. So, you know, when I think about all, you know, if we start to think about, yeah, you know, in, in, uh, in the consumer, direct to consumer sales world, people talk about, you know, the consumer's journey. Well, you know, patients have a journey too. And if we can simplify it, make it easier, make it, you know, frictionless, and at the same time, make the practice more profitable, Um, you know, more
0: efficient, there's, you know, there's no reason not to do it. So there's two things that you just shared there and and I'm just going to call it like it is, right? There is a coolness factor when it comes to technology to dental practice, right? I don't know what it is. I think all of us feel like the Amazons of the world just appeared one day and they never existed as startup companies, right? And so like, although it just feels like the wave of people that use those, I think tend to forget, they think that that's how it always was. But for most of us, that to go to a, you know, a dental practice, anytime there is any little incremental technology addition, like what you're talking to make those things easy, it just feels cool, right? It just feels like, wow, like this dental practice is doing these things to make things easier for me. And I think you brought up a good point, which is it's always about patient you know focus and whether it be the healthcare and now more and more on the payment side and, and treating them like consumers. But you brought up a great point, I think, and that is the whole revenue cycle management part of this is in this new world, right, where practices are wanting to scale, like you said, Brian, and they want to kind of add practices, you know. uh, speeding up that cash flow to be able to pay for projects, especially if they're investing in things and so on and so forth makes a huge difference. It feels like there was a time, not to say that AR was not important in a dental practice, but it wasn't needed as much, right? It just felt like that the dental practice could operate. It feels like those days are over. And so that sense of urgency of accelerating those payments is so crucial. I'd love to have you kind of get your thoughts on that or what you see at that macro level.
1: Yeah. I mean, What you just described is patient loyalty, uh, quite honestly, and that is a big topic at all the trade shows I've been to in 2021 is patient loyalty. I think Micah referenced it earlier that, uh, or John, maybe it was you, that patients are actually shopping technology on where they want to go to the dentist, uh, specifically the new generation of, of patients. If I need to call, or if I need to send in a check, which I don't have in my house to make a payment or schedule an appointment or do what have you, I'm going to go online. I'm going to go on Google and I'm going to find somewhere that I don't necessarily have to do that. So the more easy it is as me as a consumer, this is why Amazon is Amazon and Apple is Apple because they make it easy. And then we have loyalty to those brands. It's the same concept. Uh, Patients want to Have the same experience they do on Amazon.com or the Apple store where I walk in, I scan a QR code, which they're back. Uh, Thanks to COVID, QR codes are back. Um, But we want that now. It's easy. It's convenient. We have our phones on us at all times. So what we're talking about here is patient loyalty, which is a huge topic. And technology strengthens patient loyalty, which strengthens the correlation to make payments, which increases the provider's revenue or bottom line.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so, Micah, I know you get a lot of opportunity to get feedback from a lot of the practices using the technology. And one of my favorite things to talk about is when a practice makes the decision. To implement these newer technologies and and make them become a part of their day-to-day and it's like those that first 30 days right like they make the decision to do it change is not easy for a lot of practices especially for a lot of these newer technologies but then when they do and they start to get the results there's always that cool moment right where they give feedback and so on and so forth what do you guys hear what do do you hear at rectangle health for those practices like i mean these are real-time impacts that these practices get on both the patient experience side, as well as the practice revenue cycle management when they implement these things. So just insight on that of what you guys hear from a Rectangle Health perspective.
2: And there's so many different ways to approach that. We do get a ton of feedback. I think about, you know, we're talking about the technology and the cool technology. And, you know, one of those cool pieces of technology is text to pay. Um, you know, just to to hit on that for a minute, it's come up a couple of times, but, you know, I think it takes the average person, I I read a stat recently, I don't know how accurate it is, but it's, it it seems directionally genuine to me. It takes seven days for the average person to respond to an email now, but they still respond to a text message in two minutes. And, you know, and that's exactly what we hear from the practices. Text to pay is like, when it's used, the patients have a 90% adoption rate. It's huge. And, and, you know, we've actually validated that stat. That's, that's, you know, from a recent study that, that we have done uh, 90% adoption rate when a text is sent to the, the client from a, uh, what we hear from the practices, you know, they see things like that, reducing their AR substantially. You know, I heard, you know, recently, um, one of our, our clients has, has documented that their AR is is 40 percent lower since they've implemented things like card vaulting and text to pay and online payments those three three solutions have just a tremendous financial impact on 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 the business side of the practice so you know just yeah real easy things to do and then you know you get I think that some of the other things are just kind of patient feel-good items like you know digital registration um, you know the patient, yeah, it, it, again this can be qr code driven you can put a qr code in in the, the waiting room the, the patient scans a qr code and fills out the registration form on their phone instead of on the clipboard and yeah. the fact that they're working on their own device that they're comfortable with um you know they don't you know have to uh, they can do that actually by email ahead of time however it's done they're doing it in a way that they're already comfortable interacting a device that they already use every day. Um, and that becomes, you know, a, a, very positive experience both for the patient and for the staff, um, because they've got fewer people standing there turning in clipboards. They don't then have to figure out how they're getting that data from the paper
0: into the system. Um, yeah, they've, they've got it right there. Yeah. I love that. So Brian, a couple things, uh, not all practices uh, are feeling these pains, right? You know, there certainly are practices out there that um, have put a lot of work and effort into incorporating these technologies and building these efficient systems in their practices. So let's touch on a little bit about those practices that have found a way to alleviate a lot of these pains and embrace all these technologies and, and focus a little bit on some of the other services um, and solutions that you guys are helping practices with along the lines of like the practice management bridge and things like that
1: yeah absolutely There are some really really great offices out there that they they have it down they get it um they they collect time of service they have very low little to no ar it, it, they're doing a great job the purpose of technology though is to make it more efficient make it more streamlined and to reduce any staff error or patient miscommunication so when we think about how do we collect better um, how do we collect more Uh, We think about things like curbside check-in or digital registration is certainly a big one. Uh, We think about what happened during COVID is I couldn't come into the practice until I was ready to be seated. So what did I have to do? The staff would either have to walk outside or they'd have to call me. How about we text me? How about we go through a more streamlined experience that consumers are asking for today? Uh, We think about adoption rate in it's surprising that the adoption rate is stronger on the patient or consumer side than it is on the staff side. So as the consumers continue to push digital forms, digital registration, something as simple, John, as online bill pay, Um, I'll give a personal story. My wife went to the dentist. Uh, We got a statement in the mail for $14. There was no online bill pay. There was no way for me to make a payment. And think (laughs) about when most people are opening their mail. It's after dinner, it's eight, nine at night. Right. Uh, the office isn't open. So what happened? Well, I didn't pay that bill. Uh, not because I didn't want to, it's because I couldn't. So I got two more bills for $14. If we have a QR code or have an online bill pay link, as good as we are in clinic, there's always gonna be some stragglers that get through. Yep. We need yep. to give all flexible options in terms of engagement, ease of use, uh, ease of access, for not only the patient, but the staff as well. Mm -hmm.
0: That's a real example. And when I think about the number of $14 invoices that are out there in dental practices all over the country, and you multiply that up, and then you think about the team time that it takes, you know, when they're tasked with kind of following up on that, when in all reality, like you said, like implementing something like this makes such a big difference. Any, Any thoughts on that, Mike, as, you know, kind of. Uh, just that, that management bridge and, and kind of tying all that together.
2: Well, you know, you think about, uh, of course, I mean, there are so many costs to, to presenting an invoice. Um, you know, they're just uh, the cost. the benefit of sending out a $14 invoice uh, loses, you know, its, its value very, very, very quickly, especially when, you know, it takes two or three or four invoices to, uh, to process it, or, or I mean, to get the person to pay it. So, you know, that's a perfect case for, you know, someone in in Brian's uh, demographic, you know, a text to pay message is, you know, a perfect way to address that, far less expensive. uh, You know, and even if you even if you had to manually enter every single text to pay message to every potential invoice, it's still going to be less time than the office spends processing invoices, two and three and four and five times. Um, I actually have a very similar story, and interestingly, it's also it was a $14 invoice. Um, mine happened to be two separate $14 invoices for the same or same doctor, different visits, and I, I thought I had paid it, so I ignored it for six months until I got the collections notice. Oops, you know, and you know. But I, again, had I been able to to pay online or check that invoice, you know, that that, that technology would have would have solved it. But you know, I just think there's so many things that we can see, you know, coming out of something like practice management bridge in, in an office, you know, just those you know, as simple as the pre-authorized payment. Um, you know, in, in the case of that $14 invoice, having that card on file and a pre-authorized payment, you know, most most patients are going to be comfortable at, at uh, authorizing a payment for a visit up to a certain amount. Um, now, in the case of that, that, you know, I think we all expect to have some cost when we go to see the dentist. And as long as we have some control over how much that amount is going to hit our card or, you know, our account, I, I think there's a high level of comfort for people to say, hey, I expect to pay 30 or 40 or $50 for this. I'll pre-authorize that. And, you know, just again, when you come to revenue cycle management, just the ability to, to ensure that. As soon as you know you have that that insurance decision, that adjudication on the insurance, that you can charge the remaining balance. Um, you know, as soon as you you uh, would be normally processing an invoice to go through and process that payment and have the funds there in the practice and not have to spend the time doing three invoices or five invoices and then not having to process the payment when it comes in. Right. The efficiencies that it gains in the practice are, you know, you yeah. can't even, you cannot put a value on the, the, the time that you get to put into real patient facing activities.
0: There's no question. I think hearing both of your stories just reminded me that I think I have a library book that's due from like fifth grade. So I need to get that <laughs> um, and, uh, and get working on that. So thanks for the reminder. Uh, all right. So as we close, uh, it's interesting because had we been doing this like 10 months ago, and we would have been talking about some of the pains, the practices we're dealing with and the technologies and the solutions that you guys are providing. We probably would have started around digital payments and all of that around infection control. Right. And it's interesting how like we are, you know, fortunately moving ourselves through what has been, you know, the pandemic, what practices have gone through. And it's encouraging thing that we were able to talk today about. you touched on Brian, which is, you know, a lot of the the, the things that the practices are dealing with and Micah, like at the practice level, the benefits of both, you know, to the patients and the practice, well, let's call it like it is. I mean, there's another benefit of a lot of this technology and it's around infection control. It's around this new world that we live in. And some of, again, some of the requests and the behaviors that patients are going to want to live by when it comes to touching less things and being less involved. So, I just I wanted to make sure that we touched on that because yeah. uh, I think it's important. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that is just an added benefit that's going to continue to be with us with a lot of the work that you guys do. So, Brian, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, actually. So we've, during COVID um, up until now, we've never been busy because we sell contactless payments. Uh, that's what we do as a company. Before COVID, we had tax to pay for the better part of five, six years. But it was, yeah, that's a cool product. Maybe at some point we'll use it. COVID came, and I, I think this was referenced earlier, March and April, and even into May of 2020, a lot of DSOs that I work with sat together and said, all right, how do we fix some broken processes? And we deployed texting and online bill pay and QR codes immediately for them. So we have seen a boom. Uh, due to COVID and um, what it's caused in the digital forms, in the consumers driving this conversation. So uh, that has been a priority for a lot of organizations. And then as they continue to grow, it becomes top of mind or will be top of mind moving forward.
0: So we did get that pause, Micah, for those couple of months when Brian was able to work with those DSOs when they could slow down a little bit and implement a lot of those technologies, which is, you know, like you said, Brian, that is a big deal. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I had the opportunity and have been for three years of speaking to people and about a lot of these exciting technologies. And it's not that they weren't taking, it's not that the practices weren't using them. It was just, it really felt like an uphill battle for a lot of us in dentistry to implement these things. Changes is hard. A lot of things you guys were talking about. And yeah, I mean, the pandemic happens and I think we see how quickly we, you were able to implement those things. But yeah, any thoughts on, on the infection control piece? Uh, Micah and the contactless payments, all those things.
2: So I think you guys covered the, uh, you know, the, the the infection control itself. But what I think is really important to remember on this is, in dealing with this, consumers like to adopt new technology um, and and move forward, not backwards. And so what we've done is we've created awareness among consumers that these things like QR codes to pay and text to pay um, and and you know, digital registration forms exist. And the more they have been exposed to it, the more they expect it when they go into a a practice. And and so, you know, behaving like consumers, now it becomes, uh, you know, their expectation. And if they don't get their expectation, they're going to look for, you know, what their preferred way to do it. They're going to look for it somewhere else. So the options that are created by, you know, the things that we've done for infection control, the options of those become very important to practices going forward. Um, you know, there's one, you know, the, the stats on, on preferred payments, there's one stat, and, and again, you know, I think I, 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 there's a phrase, 80% of statistics are made up on the spot. Uh, this one may be one of those, um, but a very high number of, of people uh, will seek a provider who uh, accepts their preferred form of payment. And that can be as simple as being able to take, you know, a, an Apple pay versus a dipped credit card um, you now, or, or the text to pay versus, you know, uh, you know sending out an invoice and, and having to send a check. It's, okay. and, and to Brian's earlier point, you know, the fact that, you know, many households don't even have checks today, all of these are behaviors that are that are changing and will be accelerated by what we Did in this condition to avoid infection. So,
0: you know, it always amazes me because in, in, in being able to talk with you guys, and I think about what these conversations were like in dentistry, even four, five, six years ago, it felt like so many conversations in dentistry were only dental specific, right? So, like us having these conversations wouldn't spill over into the consumer world. And hearing you just say that, Mike, made me think about the decision that I have made at times of, am I going to use a babysitter that still takes a check or I have to go to the ATM before I come home when she like, when she was with our kids Uh, or does she take, you know, Benmore? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, this is such a great example. And I think the points you guys brought up are so real that this is the world that we're living in. And so you're a dental practice out there watching, you're a part of a dental team or what have you. Uh, What, the work that the team at Rectangle Health is doing is so important, and I want to I want to thank the both of you. Uh, I'm so excited about this learning series because this is just the beginning. I know you guys have a lot of people that we're going to bring on that are going to talk about a lot of different things that, that you guys are doing. I do want to let everybody know that the team at Rectangle Health has put together a landing page specifically around um, this live learning series. It is RectangleHealth.com forward slash live. So that's RectangleHealth.com forward slash live. You can look right below in the comments. Click on that. It'll take you and, and, sh- and share with you all of the great work they're doing. And we want to be able to let you guys know to stay tuned for all the information for episode two. We're putting together all of that right now. Uh, we're going to have some more team members from Rectangle Health talking about the great work they're doing. So Brian and Micah, I want to thank the both of you. Thanks so much for what you're doing. Thanks for coming on, sharing your insight. Uh, I, I always feel confident when we have these conversations because it, it, it puts me in the shoes of a dental practice that is looking to help me solve problems. And you guys are doing that. So thanks again and best of luck with uh, what you're doing the rest of this year and into next year.
1: Thanks a lot, John. All right,
0: thanks for having care, John.
2: We really Got appreciate it. it.